0: People like to have fun during the holidays. You know what's not fun? Returning an ugly sweater. Don't give anyone an ugly sweater this year. Give choice gift cards from giftcards.com instead, and they can pick their own sweater from some of their favorite brands. It's genius.
1: Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty?
0: Today on the ZAPEcast, we put a glorious bow on Sunburn Bowl 1. Nobody died, and we all had a great time. Yay! We're doing it again next year and forever. The Astros sign-stealing scandal. If it was a baseball game, I think it would only be the second inning. There's a lot more to come, people. All that plus how can you get three people to agree on what house they like? Your bonus, 45 minutes of me, is locked and loaded, so buckle up. And let's go! Oh, ho, 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 ho. Here we go! Monday, February 17th, 2020. Thank you for downloading. You are looking live at my hotel room here at the fabulous Fiesta Grande Americana Resort. Wait, did I say that right? The Grand Fiesta Americana Resort in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, where the Sunburn Bowl one week is coming to a close. It's Saturday morning. We have a free day today. This is it, the last day. And then we wake up tomorrow morning and we fly home to Milwaukee, and then I'm going to get on a plane and go back to D.C. uh, Sunday night. So I'm recording this on Saturday morning. So if you were coming here for the updated NBA All-Star Recap, No, you're not going to get it. Not even the dunk contest recap, because I'm going to be so busy between this afternoon and when I get into my own bed at home and kiss my daughters and kiss my wife and go to bed almost midnight on Sunday night in uh, Virginia, I will not have had time to record any podcasts. So that said, there is a lot of sportsy sports and stuff that we only nipped on. This week, during our broadcast live from here, because the broadcast this week was sort of self-indulgent, I admit. I hope it was not too much in your face for those who are not down here with us. But it was a lot of, what are we doing down here, and what's Mexico like, and having fun, and look at the people around here. I call it self-indulgent radio because that's exactly what it is. It's a lot of things that, generally speaking, people don't care about. But if it's entertaining, they'll still listen and still live vicariously through us. We did touch on a number of sports issues, notably later in the week when the teams began to report for spring training, the Astros and the throng of media and camera crews that were there waiting for them at their spring training complex that they share with the Washington Nationals, who, oh, by the way, just happened to beat them in seven games for a little thing called the World Series Championship. Yes. There was, I think, I forget what the number was, 40, 45, camera crews over at the Astros. There was three at the Nats. Mike Rizzo, the GM of the Nats, was pretty steamed about it. And I can understand why. A team that wins the World Series, they want to have their victory lap. They want to have you know, spring training BA. okay, what's the big story? Can the Nationals repeat? Even though they let Anthony Rendon go via free agency, can they still get it done? And you want to have that sort of affirmation of, boy, weren't these guys good? Wow, how'd they do it? Where do we last leave off in baseball? That's right, with the Nationals in Game 7 in Houston, stunning the Astros to win the title. Nope all because of the Astros and their sign-stealing scheme. The public apologies or not apologies uh, were unbelievably tone-deaf by the Astros organization to the point at which I thought, you know, they probably shouldn't have said anything. If you're not going to apologize, if you're not going to ask for forgiveness, then just say, fuck it, we did it, and... We're moving on. Almost be Belichickian about it and just mumbling something like, well, you saw the report and we're taking our medicine and this is a new year, we're moving on. We got a good ball club. We think we're going to be tough to beat this year and we'll see you out in the diamond. If you're going to not apologize, truly don't apologize. But the Astros did not go that route. They tried to thread the needle between, well, it's sort of a sorry, but not really a sorry. And it did not go over well. Now there's sort of echoes bouncing around baseball as everyone is asking other players, other managers, other teams about what they think of what the Astros did. And while my colleague Drew Olson thinks that there won't be a lot of frontier justice come the regular season, I said over under on the number of brawls the Astros are in this year is like nine and a half. He said he didn't think there'd be any. He didn't think that the culture of baseball was what it once was. He may be right. Drew's forgotten more about baseball than I'll know in a lifetime. But something tells me, oh, I think there's going to be fireworks. Because you listen to some of the other players out there. There's a guy suing the Astros for the loss of his career because basically his career ended after the Astros lit him up in one game. I think that suit has very little chance of succeeding. Also, excuse me on that. Also, you've got high-profile players. Trevor Bauer is one of the loudest guys firing willingly on the Astros and saying to some of the players who are clapping back at him on social media, hey, you want to talk? Here, call my agent or reach out to my agent. I'll take all your calls offline, off social media, man-to-man. Don't know if anyone has taken him up on it. Other players, uh, Cody Bellinger was pretty strong in his comments about the Astros cheating. I mentioned Rizzo. Rizzo said in his one and only interview in which he would talk about this, uh, the general manager for the Nationals said, I never heard the word cheated. They need to say the word we cheated or the words we cheated. He thinks that's important. All that Jim McClain or Jim McLean, John McClain, uh, Jim Crane said as the owner of the Astros was, well, we broke some rules. And then had to tie himself in knots, explaining, well, uh, so why are you sorry then? If you're, if you're sorry, but you're not sorry, and he just he couldn't explain himself. Then there's the Altuve jersey thing with the buzzer, which I believe, and we'll just put this chip down and see if it comes home. I believe that the buzzer is still out there somewhere in the ocean depths. And I believe that there is a – not a good chance. I think it's inevitable that it's going to come out. To me, this is my white whale, and I am Moby Dick. Call me Ishmael. This white whale is going to come out at some point. Someone will reveal what the hell was going on under that jersey that Altuve clutched like an old lady's shawl as he ran across home plate as the Houston Astros home field exploded in joy, delirium and fireworks as a stunned and odd expression having Araldus Chapman walked off the field. It's ne- it's the weirdest reaction ever. He runs to the clubhouse to take off his jersey and put on a t-shirt. Then he reemerges for his, you know, interviews with, uh, I forget who it was, uh, Verducci, I believe. Strange as strange can be. And yet, nothing concrete has come about any kind of buzzer system. It's out there. The Moby Dick, the white whale, is out there. This story is far from over. It's just beginning. And again, see if I'm right or wrong, I believe a ton of brawls involving the Astros this year. And I believe the white whale of what is going on under that jersey with Altuve will come out at some point because nobody can keep a secret forever. They didn't with this whole scheme. Fires was the guy that took some heat from Mendoza for being the first to say it. But it was more widely known now than ever before. So should the Astros lose their title? I almost think at this point it's not necessary because it is such a hollow title. It is a joyless one at this point. It has been stained in asterisks. In fact, the asterisks on the Astros championship are like those little prickle burrs you would get as a kid when you walk into the weeds into the bush, into the into the woods, and you'd come out, and uh, whatever those things are, and you'd be picking them off your clothes and your shoes and your shoelaces for hours. You know, you find one like on Wednesday of that week at school, you're like, ow, oh, that one's still here. That's what this Astros championship is covered in. So vacating it would, I think, complicate things further because then you've got to – enforce a new standard, a new threshold for here's what it takes to lose a title. And how are we going to apply it going forward? How are we going to apply it retroactively, if at all? Hopefully not. I think you can't go backwards. Some people would say you should, though. And so, therefore, I don't think it's necessary to vacate the title. It's already stained enough. Now, here's the real interesting thing. What if the Astros are still cheating? I know what you're saying. Come on. They are not going to keep... Oh, really? You sure about that? And what if the Astros, while not cheating, win the World Series this year? Do they then do the biggest cockwalk of all time? And do they then start pulling out receipts and body bagging the Cody Bellingers and the Trevor Bowers and the New York Yankees of the world? Do they then, if they win this time, begin a campaign to restore the shine to their 2017 title? Could they make the argument that their owner made, which is, well, might have helped. Maybe not, though. Be an interesting season that way. Baseball has begun to stir from its brief winter slumber. Okay, I'm going to give you a, let's call it eight minute or less recap of Sunburn Bowl One, our first getaway trip promotion with ninety seven three The Game and with my show and, and Drew and KB in the afternoons. How'd it go? How was it? Did you like it, Zabe? Did it work out the way you thought? It was not only great, it was better than I expected and it's all because of the people that came I'd say that you're going to accuse me of being cheesy I'm not kidding you can have the best resort the best weather the best location the best price best food on and on and on if the people are no good if they don't get along if they're dicks if there's dicks and there's clicks if there are assholes and miscreants if there's that dude who just doesn't get it it all is lost we had a great crew uh, really good folks um, photogenic as well you'll see with some of the the, the pictures uh, they are they're young at heart although at 52 years old I know I'm not young and I know that others of that age group don't think they are as well but we had we had a, a kid as young as 19 years old Dylan his father Sean was hilarious because he kept saying all the trouble he was going to get him in. I uh, made a point to say, you know what? Uh the drinking edge, legal drinking edge in Mexico is nineteen, so he's gonna have fun on this trip. He's nineteen years old. And uh we had people as old as nearly seventy on the trip. And I love that fact we could encompass such a broad range of ages. Group trips like this are pretty common in the Milwaukee area in the Midwest. I mean, a lot of radio shows do come along trips, they do cruises some of them incredible, fantastic cruises that go all over the world. And there are some in the D.C. market. I'm not too aware of too many, at least not in the sports talk realm. It's usually FM morning shows and or political talk or something like that. But if you've never been on one, it's great. You might think, well, it's it's a group vacation. Do I really want to bring my wife or girlfriend? Are we going to have fun? Hey, you can peel off from the group anytime you like for any amount of time. But you also get to meet some really good people. And you share stories and you learn more about them, and especially when they all come from pretty much the same area, and we drew mostly from the Milwaukee area, but we did have people from uh, outside Milwaukee that did come along uh, that are Zabe listeners to the Zabe cast here and others. And they were great. And I hope next year, and we certainly plan to do this again next year, but I never take anything for granted, I hope that you consider coming as well, no matter where you're from. Because if you're part of Zabe Nation, you're going to get along really well with all the other people who come on a trip like this. Port of Vallarta is great. I highly recommend it for anyone traveling uh, to somewhere warm in the winter. i never been here before. It's on the uh, western side of where's my map? Whatever that big chunk of Mexico is. It's not on the eastern side, which is where Cancun is. You can look at a map yourself. And the unique thing about this resort that we stayed at was that every room is an ocean view because the big resort is built up against a mountain. And that's the other thing that Puerto Vallarta gives you. It gives you the backdrop of the mountains, which just are spectacular to see as the sun is going down. You won't get that in Cancun or... Riviera Maya, or those places down, uh, or Cozumel, that side of the country. So it's all a trade-off. Our weather was unbelievable. I was a little bit worried because I don't know when the perfect weather season is. March, apparently the rates go, go up, so I'm glad we went in February. I needed this trip at this time of the year. Uh, it's really kind of the middle of winter for me in Wisconsin. I know the middle of winter is more like March, but we decided we're going to go the week after the Super Bowl every year because it's the softest spot on the sports radio calendar. And it's really where this trip should belong and should fit. Food was great. The staff was great. But the people here in Mexico are fantastic. And I said this on the Friday Subscriber Podcast. I was sitting by the pool Friday, and we had had more than a few cocktails, and we were being a little bit stupid. And all of our drink servers... We're so funny and so happy, and they were not sick of us, which is hard to believe. And then we start noticing how, yeah, you know, that group that was here that was sitting across the pool, they're gone now. And there's a, there's a new group of drunken assholes from Minnesota or Canada or Iowa or who knows where or another group from Wisconsin. And it dawned on us, shit, if you worked here, all you get is nonstop assholes all day, every day forever we laughed and said it's amazing that the staffers here don't snap on people on a regular basis and yet they don't and that's a testament to their professionalism as workers in a service industry and a vacation industry it's probably a testament to the fact that these are really good jobs to have we were kind of guessing how do the how do the tips get split up because the waiters must make, if they were to keep all of their own tips, $500 a day, easily, because they're going all day back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, um, and we were kind of doing the numbers, and $500 a day in Mexico, oh, you are living like a king, so they must pool them, they must split them up, anyway, it was a fantastic trip, I cannot thank enough Uh, Brian Hurley and Betsy Stark from Travel Leaders in Wisconsin. Book your next vacation through them. Why? Because they know these resorts. They know these places of Mexico, the Dominican, of Costa Rica, the Bahamas, etc., etc. They've been to these places. That's crucial. TripAdvisor.com. Okay, sure. Good luck. I hope that works out for you. These guys are well worth... Uh, you know what they end up taking as a commission, which I don't know what it is. They are a business, obviously, but you're gonna you're gonna thank yourself. They're gonna steer you into the right place for whatever vacation you want. So thank you to those guys. They they trusted in me. They said, you know what, Zabe can rally up enough people to get this trip off the ground in year one, and and we were right. They were right. We were right. And I'm very thankful for them. Thank you to Colleen Valcoon and Tim Scott, my bosses at iHeart Milwaukee. At 97.3 The Game, Colleen, our market manager, and Tim, our program director, who were fully behind this thing. Thank you to Drew and KB, who I wanted here absolutely as part of the whole venture, as part of the Game family to do afternoons. It was not the sexiest thing for them to sit up there in a somewhat half-empty room as everyone was down by the pool, and they could see us down there having fun, foam partying it up, et cetera. But they came down, and they were great, uh, talking to all the listeners and everything else. I uh, got to thank Josh, my faithful uh, runaround idiot, my Jonah Hill wannabe, my chief of staff. He was <laughs> he was nonstop funny, stupid all week. That's for sure. A lot of photos of him doing stuff. Uh, and also thank you to Eric Gitter, uh, who is my studio producer and longtime friend. He killed it back home in the freezing cold. Uh, everything that needed to be done was boom, spot on. He was a calm presence to make sure the show ran well uh, when we were down here, drunk, hungover, and just being complete idiots. So hopefully next year we can uh, get, get her on board and have him come down with us, and uh, we'll get a board op back home to uh, do that kind of board oping stuff. But, of course, thank you of, to everyone that came on the trip, and you know who you are, and let's stay in touch, and let's just put it in our mind week after the Super Bowl next year Put away some money, put a little jar on your counter and just get spare change, put it in there. Sunburn Bowl 2, we can begin the countdown, roughly speaking, for 2021. All right, let's get a technology update. No shock, but there are going to be quite a few items that will be returned. Like how many? All of them? Yeah, maybe all of them. Bought a MacBook 13-inch, MacBook Pro 13-inch, low-end version at Costco. It was $150 off, I think, that's regular price. It was just over $1,000. And I thought, okay, good. It's smaller. It's lighter. It's got the touch bar. I'm in. The problem was I knew about the USB-C thing, and I knew I was going to have to get some either dongles or a port that goes in the side. And I said, ah, you know what? I'll get used to it. I also only got the one that has a mere internal size of 128 gigabytes, which is outrageous given the fact that our phones now easily exceed 128 gigabytes. Now, my thinking was, all right, I'm going to get this, uh, and I do have it. It's a G-Drive, solid-state, 500-gigabyte external drive. In fact, I got two of them to house all of the ridiculous photos and videos I'm going to be taking on the trip. And I said, okay, I'll put all the, the files on that. I'll just plug it in whenever I want to work. The dongles for the USB-C connector that I don't like and don't have. Uh, don't worry, I'll just buy a port as well. Okay, the, the port that goes in the side, the docking station thing, that takes the two USB-C Thunderbolt ports and turns them into card reader USB A, USB A, and uh, HDMI. Uh, that cost eighty dollars. Now there are cheaper ones out there. I know that, but the one that fits sort of in the side of your MacBook Pro, that is in the same space gray color, so it looks just like an extension of your MacBook Pro. That one was eighty bucks, and that was the one I wanted. Okay. It, it 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 all of it sucks. It you know the screen is too small. Number one. Uh, number two, I don't use the the, the 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 space bar, whatever they call it, the, the, the space bar display, the touch the touch bar. That's what they call it. I don't use the touch bar nearly as much as I thought I would. It's very cool. It's very high tech. I, I love that part about it, but I don't use it. And the 128 gigs internal is a problem. You got to get a terabyte internal, I believe, because I know for me, I'm going to want to take over all of my photos and videos and get them onto my computer itself and then make a copy onto an external drive so that I've got that as well. But I want to work with just one square laptop. I don't want the dongles. I don't want the ports. I don't want the external drives. It becomes very messy and cumbersome, especially when you're traveling and you're on an airplane and the dongle is falling over the side of the of the trade table if you're trying to knock something out. It gets to be very clunky. Where did I put that thing? Oh, I can't find the connector. Everything that I had worried about basically came true. As far as cameras go, yes, I bought an a7R 2 with the kit lens, the 24 to 70, 3.5 to 6.3 variable aperture lens for what? I think is still a pretty hell of a good deal for a super high megapixel camera. An A7R 2 was the state-of-the-art camera about three and a half, four years ago. Since then, they've made the A7R 3 They've made the A7 III. They've made the A7R 4 They've made the A9. They've made the a 92 and a bunch of other cameras. I've realized that there's no point in buying behind the technological curve. If I really want one of the full-frame cameras from Sony, I should just get the top of the line for what specifically I want. But here's the thing about full-frame, and we're going to get super photographic nerdy right now. So if you just hate photography, you don't take them, you don't care, skip right ahead. I believe that I can tell the difference between a full-frame shot and an APS-C-sized shot, and that's the size of the sensor. They say that a full-frame sensor, larger sensor in the camera, that's like your eyeball that processes the image, that a full-frame sensor, of course, it does. I'm not saying they say this. It is true. It absorbs more light. It gives you a shallower depth of field, which is the aesthetic look from high-end cameras that you may not notice, but that's what makes them look like high-end cameras. The background and the edges fall off in a slight blur, if not a strong blur, and isolates your subject matter, but also they say that the full-frame sensor gives a higher dynamic range. And I have watched some YouTube videos on dynamic range. I've read about it. I think I kind of get it, but I don't know. It's still a little bit of voodoo to me. The colors are richer. They're more accurate, they say, that you get uh, a more even presentation of the shadows and the light areas. Your eyeball, I think has a much higher dynamic range to sense colors and shadows and shapes and light and dark than does most camera sensors. So a high-end camera with a large, you know, sensor, a full frame, will get that higher dynamic range. Okay. I believe that the the A7R two photos I took were a cut above, a slightly better caliber of photo. You know who else on the trip? of the 50-some-odd people that were with me this week uh, could tell that as well? Absolutely zero. Maybe a couple could tell, but I can tell you this. Of everyone here, nobody gave a shit. Here's the dirty little secret about photography. Secret number one. Nobody pays attention anymore. Short attention span. You... You show somebody a great rack of photos. Like, if you're a photo nerd like I am, if you're a photographer, just realize this. You're in it for yourself. You have to satisfy your own levels of quality and craftsmanship in taking photos because very few other people are going to appreciate it. So I take, you know, a couple, I went through about 300 photos each day, and I pulled out the 20 best ones. The ones that were framed perfectly, that had the right light, that had action, that had fun, that looked good, blah, blah, blah. I even cropped some of them, and I put some processing on some of them to make them better. Well, (laughs) I then airdropped them to people on the trip, including Josh, my producer. And the universal reaction was, oh, hey, nice photos. Boom, done, seen. (laughs) They weren't falling all over themselves. Oh, my God these are incredible. Wow. I'm going to use this as my screen saver at work. I'm going to make this my Christmas card. I'm going to mount this above my phone. No, nobody said that. And I don't expect them to. So you're in this for yourself. Just realize that you're going to send these photos to people and they're going to go, oh, that's a nice photo. Flip, 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 flip. And then they're going to take their own horrible photos with their cell phone Probably with a condensation, uh, you know, uh, dew drops inside their lens that they don't care about. And they're like, yeah, it's pretty clear. They'll take it with bad light. They'll take it over dinner and they'll post it to their Snapchats and their Insta faces and their twit bombs and all that stuff. And they're like, yay, look, it's me and my friend out at a dinner place. And they're happy with that. And I don't begrudge them. But you can't try to do this to satisfy others. So why do I do it? I don't know. I guess I'm just into photography. I guess I'm just into the whole thing about, man, I could get uh, one that does this, one that does that. I mean, I've got, let's see, the camera count I've got, a7R two kit lens, that's going back. Uh, I did get the 24 to 240 uh, mega zoom on the full frame. That was bought at Best Buy at the last second before leaving Milwaukee. It's got a 15% restocking fee. So I got a decision to make there. It's either going to be a $150 hit sending it back or just keep it i can still use it on my sony a6500 the a6500 the apsc size sensor i've got that that's the best all-around camera it's lighter it's way lighter than the full frame it takes pictures that are still stunning and almost as good and the uh 180105 f4 is every bit as good of a lens as anything In the whole APS-C size range. The Sony RX100 Mark V, the little pocket camera, it's really good. But honestly, these cell phone cameras now are getting so good. They're so good and they're so quick and they're so easy. Any idiot can use them. And they're starting to get more sophisticated controls. So you can, if you are a photographer, manipulate some of the things that are involved in them. I'm almost thinking that my days of loving the good old Sony RX100 Mark V are going to come to an end because my camera is, my cell phone is almost as good. And I'm shocked at how stabilized my cell phone footage is. Like you don't have to really have a gimbal. You just have to have a steady hand. And if you're going to walk with it, walk very cat-like, you can't run with a, a cell phone and get steady footage, but it's remarkably stabilized. And you know why? It's all because your phone is a supercomputer, and so the camera is made it up with the software and the supercomputer to then calculate. Okay, what am I looking at? It's dark here. It's light there. Here's a bright light. Here's someone standing. Okay, uh, what should my shutter speed be? What should my aperture be? How how do I adjust this? Although I don't think their uh, aperture, I don't think they can control the aperture on a cell phone camera. But they do a lot of computational stuff to your cell phone camera that gives you a the best most pleasing image possible. And it stabilizes it electronically, maybe a little bit optically as well, I'm not sure. And it's really good. I brought a lot of cameras. Hello? Hello? Is anybody left? Anybody left listening to the Savecast right now? I'm sorry. Um, That said, I'm starting to learn. I'm just going to get down to four cameras. This, I swear to God, the last I'm buying of any cameras for a long, long time. Yeah, right, El Baldo. Got the 6500 APS-C sized Sony camera with the constant F4 18-105 power zoom great lens. I'm going to keep my Sigma 16mm one4 because it gives that great soft background bokeh and is a really good fast wide prime. I got to have that. I'm going to return the a7R 2 That's out. I'm going to keep the RX100 Mark V even though I probably won't use it much. I'm going to keep my GoPro 7, which is quite capable in good light, especially outdoors and whatnot. And I am going to keep in my arsenal a little guy I hadn't used in quite some time. And that is the Handycam camcorder, the Sony AX53. It's got the Boss Optical SteadyShot, which is a floating eyeball in it. It's shaped like a camcorder. It can take stills, but they're not very good. But it's just for point and shoot. It's kind of like your grandmother's camera. If you are at an event as a guy trying to document your kid's life and family vacations, there is a lot to be said for this. It gets really good, really sharp images. The only problem is the sensor size in the Sony, uh, uh, whatever, the the, the AX53, very small. So your depth of uh, colors and whatnot, not as great. But that's it. That's all I need feel like Steve Martin and The Jerk. Okay, this is all I need, and that's it. And I'm, I need this. Wait a minute. I, I also have to have this. I need my paddle ball set. I need to have this. It's all right. Everyone's got to have their nerdy hobbies. Those are mine. Okay, I'm going to close on a couple of random items. Item number one, dateline politics. Oh, no. Relax. Relax, people. You may get very triggered and ginned up when anyone talks politics. If, though, you are like me, who has become mostly an agnostic libertarian, in other words, somebody who skews libertarian, who is agnostic to the process now because it is completely fucking hopeless. You look at the caliber of men and women that are in the ring on both sides of this thing for the upcoming presidential election, to me, there's no way anyone, any rational adult, can't look at it and say, this is hopeless. But I know people are into their preferred candidate and whatnot. All I can say is buckle up. Buckle up. It's starting to get wobbly and crazy, and it's only going to get more so going forward. To me, it is fascinating to see just how unpredictable politics is. And who could emerge and and what can you not predict and how are things going to ebb and flow and how are the candidates going to crash into each other? Elizabeth Warren is almost out of cash. Joe Biden is being urged to step aside. Bloomberg now suddenly has this scent of, hey, you know, he could win. There's rumors that Hillary might be his VP candidate. There's talk of Hillary coming in at the last minute after a brokered convention in which nobody has enough votes for the nomination. Bernie is leading right now but may hit a wall once the primaries start hitting the bigger states and head south. There's a faction of the Democratic Party that wants to stop Bernie at all costs. And on the other side, Trump is out there just doing Trump things. Came out of the attempted uh, impeachment And is using it now as a fundraiser. Uh, He's taking victory laps. He's doing his rallies. I I know you're you're, you're mad at me right now because I shouldn't be laughing about this stuff. Hey, I'm laughing because I can't change any of it. I get one vote like you. One rock to throw at the big governmental Goliath that runs this country in the fall. I'm laughing because otherwise I'd cry. I'm laughing because it's all so crazy. And I have once upon a time been into politics much more passionately and cared more and thought that, you know, there was things worth fighting for. And that was that was a while ago. Those days are seemingly gone at this point because I look back to the more sane political landscape that used to exist. I mean, the elections of 20 years ago, Bush versus Gore, we thought that was a crazy shit show, the recount and the butterfly ballots and the hanging chads of Florida. (laughs) That's going to make the next eight months or or the next eight months will make that episode look like nothing. So whoever you're going to vote for, whoever you really like, just know this, buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. All right, a couple other things real quick. Real quick, then we're done. Uh, Scientists discover surprising weapon against brain tumors. Oh, wow, that's great. I mean, I don't have one. I hope I never get one. But what is it? What is it? What is it? Oh, yes, it's it's Ebola. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I think I heard you say it was uh, Ebola, you know, the flesh-eating virus. Yeah, well, it Yeah, it's sort of, it kind of, yeah, it's a little little touch of Ebola. Wait, what? The Ebola virus is indisputably one of the deadliest viruses known to man, says this story. Uh, But according to Yale scientists, it may actually do some good for a change. Researchers say parts of the Ebola virus have shown promise in treating and fighting glioblastomas, or the very hard-to-treat and often fatal brain tumors. Well, all righty then. File this this one away for when I have Notorious J.A.Y. on. Uh, That'll be hopefully tomorrow. National Black News Channel makes debut. Wait, what? National Black News Channel makes debut. Former U.S. Rep J.C. Watts... Republican, was beaming like a proud parent as he talked about the launch of this channel. It's one he's worked on for years to create what is now the nation's only 24-hour news network aimed at African Americans. I'm sure Jay will have some opinions on this, without a doubt. Google redraws the borders on maps depending on who's looking at the maps. For more than 70 years, India and Pakistan have waged sporadic and deadly skirmishes over control of the mountainous region of Kashmir. Tens of thousands have died in the conflict, including just three this month. But web surfers in India could be forgiven for thinking the dispute is all but settled. The borders on Google's online maps display Kashmir as fully under Indian control, whereas in other countries, (laughs) they show the exact opposite. (laughs) I mean, this is the direction we're going. Augmented reality, altered reality, subjective reality, fake reality, virtual reality. Wow. And then finally, this HGTV's House Hunters breaks new ground with its first thruple exploration. Yes, that's right. Thruple, as in Getting two people to agree on something is tough enough when it comes to real estate, writes Deadline.com. Getting three, well, in the words of HGTV's first thruple, I don't want our bedroom to be weird unless we make it weird. (laughs) You're a thruple. You're already weird. Stop pretending like you're going to have some normal house-on-the-prairie-like existence. Jelly met Brian and Lori at a bar, and they claim the relationship evolved very naturally, And according to one of the three, they said, Lori was bisexual, interested in men and women, so we evolved to the point where we were comfortable having a woman, another woman in our lives, said the man. (laughs) How does that go on the deed to the house? How does that exactly work? Having not one, not two, but three homeowners. You know what, HGTV, I'm in. Tell me when this episode's on, I'll definitely Check it out. Okay, that's enough from me on a Saturday morning overlooking the beautiful Banderas Bay in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Sunburn Bowl 1, all that's left to run is the marathon, as KB puts it, kind of like the Olympics, and we'll put a bow on this vacation and come on home to the good, cold, hard Winter. Thanks for enduring the irregular service and the lack of casts Monday through Thursday of last week. As always, subscribe to Fridays uh, by going to my website, Zabe.com, or downloading the free Zabecast app and subscribing via that. And speaking of boondoggles, don't forget from one boondoggle to another, Zabe Vegas is fully on for 2020. We're going to do it at the Top Golf. At the MGM Grand on Friday, three thirty in the afternoon to six thirty. That'll be during the first round of games. We will have uh, unlimited Top Golf play in four different bays. Uh, we will have free food and drinks for the three hours. We'll have a live Zabe cast. You'll get to meet Charge. You get to meet Mister X. We'll try to get Jay out there this year. We'll gamble on the games. We'll have a grand time. It's $150 a person. I know that's a little bit expensive, but I think you're getting a good deal. And we're going to have free shot glasses for everybody who comes, commemorative souvenir shot glasses, and a chance to win Zabe Vegas hats and prizes. It will be a grand time. We are limiting it to just 64 people, much like the tournament. Secure one of your bids by going to Zabe.com slash Zabe Vegas. And join me in the next great boondoggle, which is only... 36 days away from Monday. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great Monday, and we will see you next time.
1: Hear that?
0: dot com.